In the 2020s, a pandemic crippled the world. Some panicked, some denied it. These two guys stayed home, drank, and watched movies. These are the Jameson Tapes. April Fool's, motherfuckers! <laughs> Bet you weren't expecting this now, were you? No. No, but no one was expecting the Spanish Inquisition <laughs> either. Uh, hi, everyone. Hi. Uh, welcome to the Jameson Tapes. Yeah. Uh, we've, I, t- we've taken over the show. We hijacked it. That's the prank. It's a prank, bro. It's a prank, bro. It's a prank, bro. That's just how it goes. Uh, I am David King. And I'm Kayla King. And uh, as a, a married duo, we have successfully hijacked this podcast for April Fool's Day. Don't worry, the podcast we normally do has been hijacked otherwise, although it is kind of weird considering that um, Abysme and Alan are frequently and actually, like consistently co-hosts on Undercooked Analysis. So I guess it's not that weird. Not really. Yeah, so we just watched, in order in, to honor the spirit of what we're doing here as an April Fool's joke, we watched the uh, 1986 horror thriller comedy? I don't know, April Fool's Day. Yes, from 1986. We should probably, if I recall, because I'm trying to go, I'm trying to follow the um, format of Jameson tapes. What are we drinking, David? Well, uh, for the sake of this particular recording, we decided to uh, mix up some Dark and Stormy. So which Kayla, did which the, is funny because there's no, it's not a really dark and stormy movie. It's actually a pretty bright movie, all things considered. <laughs> all things considered, yeah. I mean, I don't want to give away too much, uh, at least not at this junction. But uh, I will say we did have a lot of fun watching it. It was more than I was expecting. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, we've been just uh, Kayla mixed it up. We got the traditional ingredients for it: ginger ale, um, specifically Gosling dark rum. And just to give it a little bit extra, uh, you mixed in some lemon juice and a slice of lemon. We actually have a lemon tree in our backyard, so it's a freshly picked lemon. Which is always nice, because every time we do something like this, we're actually able to mix that with it. So it helps a lot. Why did we pick this movie? Well, I mean, besides obvious reasons, we actually contemplated doing a few different ones, but... So what happened was we were talking, uh, we, we had planned to do an April Fool's joke where uh, we would do the Jameson tapes while Abby and uh, Alan would do a UCA. Which, by the way, all these will be coming out at the same time. So if you hear one before the other, just just go for it. Uh, go check out UCA. Uh, Undercooked analysis, sorry. Yeah, Undercooked analysis uh, with Alan and Abysme reading a story that may or may not actually be written by... Um, our old friend, uh, Short Story One. Although, again, the verdict is out. Or the Rorschach Rorschach is actually Short Story One, but we'll see. I'll leave it at that. Anyway. So we were trying to figure out what would be a good movie for this, and I looked up, okay, is there an April Fool's movie? And there is. It's called April Fool's Day. It, for- yeah. It's and- kind of, I feel like it was kind of inevitable, considering every other holiday in existence has a slasher movie. I mean, there's Valentine, My Bloody Valentine. There's New Year's Evil. There's um, Tw- I, too many Christmas. There's there's a Thanksgiving. It's though that's not particularly good. But there's a Chris. There's several Christmas ones. Um, I don't know if there's an Arbor Day one, but there should be. <laughs> I know, pre- I know. There is a President's Day. I know there's there a, is a President's Day. I know there's a few Thanksgiving versions too. I mean, the first one I thought of was Thanksgiving, which I is think unfortunately a, sad. I think there's a Prince President's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, but There's, yeah, uh, definitely some St. Patrick's Day ones. We we had other we were we kept debating back and forth too. Um, I suggested 
first um, a girl who walks alone at night because I've been wanting to watch that. But I was like, you know, no, let's go something a little more sillier. We thought of Freaked because Freaked actually came out on uh, YouTube. I'm going to reveal that. Freaked is now, the whole video is on YouTube for free. Go watch it. We had previously seen Red Letter Media talk about Freaked, and it's not super widely available, but it is on YouTube. And I appreciate the whole that, movie. The whole movie. So and I appreciate someone because it's got some amazing practical effects, even if they're kind of gross. So they well, got, they got okay. We shouldn't talk about free. Sorry. Oh no 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 no. This is not about free. I, uh, this is about this is about April Fool's. Yeah, I also suggested the Love Witch because I've been wanting to see that. But oh yeah, you I, did. I thought April Fool's Day would be very on the nose, and you know, I but I wasn't quite sure because I've heard it's not a great movie. Ah, uh, but I had a lot of fun watching this. I had a lot of fun watching this. I, I admittedly came into this movie with zero expectation. I was expecting kind of another cheesy um, slasher film. Same. It's a lot smarter and a lot takes a lot more turns than I thought, especially when the, there's a, a twist and then a double twist at the end of it. Yeah. Now, I want to stress this because this is normally a thing on the Jameson tapes anyway, but if you decide you want to, we're going to go ahead and go full bore about this. But if you decide this is a movie you want to watch uh, without any sort of inkling about what's going on, I highly recommend it. I actually think this was a great one to watch with the blinders completely on. I agree. I had no idea what to expect. And we were making a lot of educated, at least what we thought were educated guesses throughout the movie. But then we were thrown completely by the ending. It actually caught us completely off guard. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's because we'd been drinking throughout the movie. And. I want to stress right now, compared to Alan and Abysme, uh, Kayla and I, oh, let me all speak for myself. I am a total lightweight. Um, I'm already um, definitely you, a little buzzed. If you can't tell, we're um, buzzed. And we're yeah. still drinking. And we're still drinking because that's the spirit of the podcast. We'll be okay. It's just that uh, I don't want to take that away from you if you decide to enjoy it. So I highly recommend checking it out. It's like, it's not even that long. It's like an hour and 30 minutes. It's only a, an hour and a half. Um, we rented it on YouTube for only $4. So well worth it. I'd say like, again, I was not, I went into it zero expectations came out really enjoying the movie. Uh, and if you want to get the full brunt of the twists of it, uh, stop now and come back later, please. Oh, I'm begging you. It's yes. Short watch. It, it is. I would say watch it with friends. Cause Oh yeah. It is a fun watch with friends. Yeah, absolutely. But we're so because I do want to talk about it with spoilers intact. Yes. So there will be spoilers. Ah, yeah. Because so, you can't talk about this movie without spoilers. It, it kind of hinges on that. Yeah. It kind of hinges on on its twists. So this is interesting because it, 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 already it's a movie about college kids instead of about like your typical teeny teens in a slasher film. I kind of like is, that. This is 1986 too. I like that. So. I like that. It's because whenever usually films uh, talk about teenage kids. It feels like they treat teenage kids as older than they really are. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this doesn't, I don't know. I never felt like an adult as a teenager. So having this with college students, I'm like, yeah, that feels more realistic. Because yeah. as college students, I feel like I was making dumb choices. But we all were. So, so. I mean, that's fair. Um and you never quite, there's a certain point in your life where you kind of outgrow that. And even look, later in life, you're going to make dumb choices too. But in this case, you can kind of see the dumb choices adding up, but um, in some cases, but, th and there's some other things I do want to explore as we go through this, but so, so um, this there's is, some things that were left kind of hanging, but I don't, 
I don't know. So the film is set during, well, it opens with April Fool's Day. And actually it hints at that when we have a film cut of, uh, or not, it looks like a eight millimeter film of uh, a woman. And she says- She's on a dock somewhere. And she's just talking about her. Like, it's like a, it's like a profile. And, and I name, don't remember. And her I, name is, I, no, no, no. I have to. You remember? No, I don't. Wow, that's too little shit. But at a certain point, we remembered half the cast's name, but not the other half. But I, this is the the first thing I said when I saw her. I remember was like, "Why is she wearing a a doily?" She's like wearing a doily on her denim jacket. So um, I got to so usually Sade babysits Abysmee and Alan during these, but right now we have Abysmee babysitting us. Now, now he knows how it feels. <laughs> you're saying, saying, see, see, this is the shit I deal with. So you're welcome. Uh, you're welcome, Sade. Sade, we appreciate all the work you do and we love you. Well, you all put together a really solid podcast. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately happy to be a part of this show. So. I know. I love this show so much. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Abysme actually provided me. Mary O'Reilly O'Toole O'Shea. That's not her real that's, name. Well, that's how she introduced herself because she's talking about wanting to be in a convent and help handicap kids and she ends it with, I fuck on the first date. So, which is great. Uh, that's immediately tells you the tone of this, that it's all going to be kind of like, ha ha, we don't and take then, anything too seriously. And then she says April Fool's or like they joke it's April Day. Yeah. And then we get same millimeter footage. It's like a nice cut around. It's also uh, Archie? Archie and uh, there's Archie Cummings. Hold on. Cumming? I, I'd like to. Or is it Art? Art so, Cumming? So we Arch. have. It's Arch. It's, it's Arch. Arch, yes. Arch Cumming. He's, he he wears a shirt that looks like it's a pair of suspenders, but it's not a pair of suspenders. And throughout the goddamn fucking movie, he keeps popping his collar. Like it's <laughs> the number of times this man pops his collar. I was like, you might need to take a drink every time he pops his collar. We but- will die if we take a drink every time he pops his collar. We were actually drinking with some moderation, but at the same time, every time we popped his collar, we were just fucking busting up. It was something. <laughs> I'm surprised I remember his name. It's the, him and oh, yeah. uh, what was the cousin's name? Uh, Skip. No, wait, was it no, Skip? It, was, it, it was, was Skip. It was Skip. Okay, so there was Skip. It's him and Skip. They so, say I fuck on the first day, but they immediately turn to each other like, yeah, we fucked each other on the first day. Wasn't it great? Yes. And they're laughing about it. And what I the media, there's a scene later on that approved this, but one thing I will say to this movie's credit is there's, uh, jumping ahead a little, there's another little scene where uh, two characters, two male characters find out they're rooming together and they start joking about, oh, are we going to like sleep together? And they just lean into it. They like jump on the bed and they hug each other and they start laughing and they're like, one of them kisses the other's forehead. There was a point where we're like, are the straights, like, are the straights okay? Where you were like, yeah, in this movie, the straights are definitely okay, apparently. In this movie, the straights are okay. They are so comfortable with their sexuality. And and they can joke about it with their male friends and not think anything else. They're like, ooh, no homo. Like, this is actually like, it's kind of endearing. It made me... That moment, this moment, and then a moment later, that moment we're talking about later where we're jumping ahead, actually did endear those characters to me a bit. Mm-hmm. We, I, admittedly, we were complaining a lot about the character development early on, but it's actually handled really well as you look at the whole thing in a yeah. big picture. I, now, I will admit, I don't remember the characters' names as much. Well, and I do think of Bismi, forgive me, the names of the characters. Yeah, let's, let's get to them kind of in order, because we meet... Uh, doily shirt girl. So doily do- jacket girl. So uh, doily jacket girl is um, Nikki. That's Nikki. Okay. Yes. 
And then we get Arch and we get Skip. Skip is the cousin. Skip's the cousin. Then we get the other girl uh, that is dating um, Kit. The- Oh, oh! Th- so we got uh, final block, technically final girl and final boy. We do have a final girl and final boy in this. Uh, sort of. Sort of. Well, we'll get into that. Uh, named Kit, and I forget. Is it Rob? It's Rob. Or okay. Rob. Rob. It's, it's Rob. Rob. So and- Kit and Rob. They're the ones. They're the ones that at the beginning are confirmed to be in a, an item. Like yeah. everybody else is kind of separate, but they're an item. But eventually, some of them kind of fuck and mm-hmm. <laughs> flirt with each other. Um. Chaz is our asshole filmmakers. Chaz, Chaz is the one holding the camera. So we don't see him until we cut back to him later. But we got Chaz. And, um, then, and then we got Hal slash Harvey. He shows up late. He shows up late. Har- okay, so his name is Harvey, but he goes by Hal. And Hal is like, I don't know how to explain him. He's kind of like these... He's old money as well. Yeah, I want to stress these are a bunch of preppy college kids. Yes. Oh, with it dawns. No, 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 wait, with, hold on. Except for um, Kit and uh, uh, Kit and Rob. Kit and Rob or not? At least that's what it's hinted at. Is that Kit and Rob? Well, they're all they're all friends from college. We know that. Yeah, I think they. It, it gives a hint that they're all like rich, privileged, privileged. You know how drunk I am right now. Yeah. Well, I want to I want to stress that one thing I just thought of this. One thing that doesn't happen is there's not really a comeuppance for all of them um, as much as we thought there would be, because there's not really a commentary here about oh, oh, old money and all these rich people doing these absurd things. There might be, but um, we're going to have to like get a little deeper before we kind of. And then we have discuss that. Well, first, there was a nerdy girl, uh, like a nerd. Like she's like, I need to study. College, uh, oh yeah, college, and, and this was her name was Nan. This is Nan. Okay, I feel like I'm drunk, and as I say these words, it feels like just gibberish coming out of my mouth. It's okay, love. Thank you. I appreciate that. I don't know how Abysme and Alan do this, and I, I, I am. Abysme right and Alan have years of experience. Yes, they do. They are yes, they very do. good at this. Okay, God bless. So. So by my recollection, they're all, okay, to, to stress, they're all at a ferry dock and they're waiting to go for a getaway to their friend Muffy St. John's home, which is on an island out in a presumably either Pacific Northwest or like somewhere Northwest-ish like um, coastal area. Yeah. Like, like Although it could- both of us were like, Muffy, are you fucking kidding that me? That was funny. Muffy is a very like rich person it, name. It is. It really is. And then um, we cut from the film grain situation to Muffy moving a bunch of like mannequins. What? And suddenly mannequin. Oh God, is this gonna be Maniac again? Oh, there's our killer, calling so, it now. The mom? No, her. All right, well, no, it's- Well, I mean, she's in, she's carrying around creepy mannequins. She's inviting your friends, these people to an isolated island. Uh, okay, I, yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying genre savvy our killer yeah <laughs> because they said this movie has a twist ending and i'm like i see the twist already I'm, look if it's not this i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah i've heard this movie has a twist ending well if it's a twist that's not this i'll be surprised and she's having flashbacks to when she was a kid and she got a present of a uh pop goes the weasel um jack in the box jack in the box all <laughs> 
I kept making references to um, Drop Dead Fred about this. Because <laughs> that's what Drop Dead Fred, like he ends. Okay, don't see Drop Dead Fred. Don't see it. Go see April Fool's. Just don't see Drop Dead Fred. There's only one line I remember from Drop Dead Fred. That's when he's hiding under the skirt and he looks up and he goes, cobwebs. Wow. <laughs> it's a dumb movie. It is a stupid ass movie. Carrie Fisher, you're better than this. No. You shouldn't have been Carrie in that Fisher's movie. Carrie Fisher's in it? Yeah, she's I'd in- I'd forgotten. Yes. I, sorry. Back to April Fool's Day. <laughs> yeah. So Muffy, we get the flashback and it, I gotta say, I do like the music in this movie. It's very synthy. It uses it's like a, a synth, synth pop kind of. Like, it uses a theremin. Well, or, or a pseudo theremin. It's not even a real theremin. It's like a synth vibe uh, that gives you that kind of theremin feel. But it is clearly like some early 80s synth. And uh, I liked it. I actually liked the music in this movie a lot. Uh, and actually, the pacing was pretty good. I knew this from this flashback that we were there was something associated with at a young age. The fact that uh, when she turns the jack, the, the whole thing is at the birthday party. Uh, a young Muffy turns this Jack in the Box and a monster, instead of a Jack in the thing, okay, comes out. Okay, not a real monster, but like- it looks- It's a monster puppet. It's actually pretty grotesque. And everyone just starts laughing and going, ha, ha, ha. Like, it's clearly a prank thing. I will and say- clearly, And this is something that's affected her. I will say, though, the editing in this is very strange. Yes. It, 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 so, and I, and it, it's very, it's noticed very early on because it cuts back to her, like, uh, looking at this Jack in the Box and cutting back to her memories, and the editing on it already feels strange. And this, I mean, even then, the lighting on that scene too, which is funny because, oh, excuse me, uh, the lighting on the rest of the movie. I feel like I'm gonna burp throughout this, but this is very. This fitting. is James. This is on. Um, this is part of the course for Jameson tapes. Don't worry about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, the, there have been two to- two times I can remember being drunk on podcasts and. One of them was for UCA, like drunk like this was for a UCA. And the other one was dinosaur <laughs> for, for Animusings. Yes. <laughs> if you want to hear me drunk, what, listen to Animusings. Another podcast we do. Okay. okay. So, so there's a fairy captain and there's a fairy assistant by the name of Buck. Yes. They all get on this ferry and there's some foreshadowing. I was definitely some clear shots to a, a, um, like a hook, like a rope being thrown over a, um, a like a pier pylon um, to make sure that it's secure. There's a very clear emphasis on the um, the front of the ferry they, and the ferry bumping into the dock. And the, there's a, like a metal front of the ferry that's kind of rusty green. Also, they make a, so the, uh, hold on, what's the name of the character? Who is the, is it, uh, uh, Rob? Or no, Chaz? Who's the fucking filmmaker? It's Chaz. Chaz. Chaz keeps making a joke about, oh, your your uh, your zip- fly is down and your dong is hanging out. Yes. And actually, when he enters the boat, he's like, your fly is down and your dong is hanging out. And he looks down and he kisses him on the forehead. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, uh, sexuality is definitely in check here. Again, the straights are okay in this movie. Yes, the straights are okay. Even if they're not, even if they're not straight, I appreciate how candid they all are. And, yes. and that's like a that's like an A plus for this movie now watching it in 2023, the enlightened year of our Lord 2023. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's some emphasis on certain shots, and they they set out, and there's some hints about some uh drama. Um 
Uh, clearly, Rob is kind of sensitive about something. He and um, Kit Kit are a little bit at odds about something. Um, Hal is a, is trying to get with uh, with Nikki. Um, Chaz is trying to get with Nikki. Oh wait, that was Nikki. Yeah, no, okay. Chaz is because it's she, Nikki. Uh, ne- is it ne- who Nick? Was the- Nikki was the person who pretends like that she was going to join a covenant or coven. Oh yeah, no, Nick, that was Nikki. So Nunnery it- or whatever the fuck. Yeah, no. So who is the third girl? Third girl is oh fuck. Hold the, on. the good, the good, the college girl. Nan. 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 So Nan is reading Paradise Lost, and of course Chaz rolls up with his copy of fucking um some some Playboy B- smut. Boudoir. It's boudoir, and. You know, I'm actually kind of surprised for a movie that was, you know, labeled with all this, like, wanting to get, like, sexually explicit. We did not see a single titty in this. I was expecting titty. There was no titty. There was no titty. There was close to some titty, but never any titty. And what I I appreciate about this movie is that it didn't, there was never any real nudity. And even when you see characters, like, legitimately having sex, they never act, you don't actually see anything. Well, and it's actually played up as pretty absurd. I mean, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to it. Okay. Um, but so, but they're all they're all talking about shit on the boat. A couple of the characters, I think it's I think it's Arch and uh, Skip are playing. I will say some game involving a switchblade. I will say this is where you see the editing is weird because it cuts from conversation to conversation. But the conver- they they keep on the conversations for too short of time, and then go to another one, and then go to another one, and then go back to the other one. And it just feels a little more awkward than a, it almost comes across, you know what? I was going to make a similarity between this and a soap opera, but at least with a soap opera, it ends, soap operas end with a like, oh, I'm going to make an, a reveal. And then it's quiet for like two, two or three seconds and then cuts to a new scene and then comes back to it. Yeah. It's not even that. It's just, it cuts in the middle of a conversation and then comes back to that conversation. But it's just like, but the but it happens so quickly that I the editing in this is a bit weird. I mean, at least for this part. This is yeah. the part where I'm like, oh, well, I want to get to know these characters more. But it feels like we're not. And that gave me the impression this movie was more shallow than it actually was. The problem, okay, the funny part about this film is that um, it when you first watch it, you're like, yeah, I'm going to watch a stereotypical slasher film. And then you get to know the characters more. And then you're like, holy shit, I think I might be invested in these characters. That was actually kind of surprising to me. Yeah. So uh, they go out on the ferry. We have some scenes. There's some scenes involving a switchblade. The first of several pranks comes up when it looks like there's an argument between Arch and Skip and Arch throws the knife at Skip and it sticks in his gut and he falls in the in the water. In a great effect, by the way. But Yeah, somehow this prank is done really well. <gasps> oh, shit, already? <laughs> this, barely into this and that already happened? How much you bet he's pranking It's a prank. Them? It's, it's a prank, bro. It's a prank, bro. How did they plan that ahead ahead of time? I have no idea. Well, well, the impression we're getting from all these characters is that they love practical jokes. Like yes. all of them. With yes. the exception of maybe uh Rob and Kit. I don't know. But they all seem to really love practical jokes. Because again, Chaz is doing the whole thing with the fly down and everything. So so they all dive in the water to try and find Skip, but Skip's fine. So they all come up. Buck, meanwhile, stays in the water. 
He tries to throw the, again, so this, the this rope is, over the pylon. Hold on. This is happening while they finally are reaching shore to the island that they're going to be staying on. Right. And, and, then, and Buck decides to stay in the water. It's like, you know, while I'm still here, even though I jumped in to save this guy, which turned out to be a prank, I'm going to just stay here and throw a rope on this uh, pylon and keep doing it because I keep failing. And then the boat hits him in the head. And when he, when he well, the most important thing is it, it looks like it hits him. And then everybody looks into the water and he pops up and half of his face is gored and his like eyeballs hanging out. Yes. And he's screaming and flailing. It's actually pretty horrific. Good practical effects there. They like grab him and throw him into the sheriff's boat because the sheriff happens to be nearby. Yes. Possible. And then he's like, you all got to stay here because I'm going to figure out what's going on. And then he leaves uh, with Buck to take him to a hospital. So that's the first like horrific thing that happens. And Skip is clearly shook by this because this is all his prank. Uh, here's the funny part. Skip, or not funny part. It's not funny. because <laughs> It was to us. Yeah. Skip jumps into, does this prank. And he thinks it's all his fault. His fault. Fault. I'm drunk. It <laughs> <laughs> Me too, but it's okay. It's okay. It's his, he thinks it's his fault that he jumped in the water because Buck jumped in the water to save him. But both David and I were like, no, this is Buck's fault completely. Because, I mean, there were two people who jumped into water, St. Louis. It was Buck and I can't remember. Chaz didn't jump in, but I think Kit did Kit. No, no not Kit. Uh, uh, Rob. Rob did. Rob did. Rob came back, actually went back on the ferry. But... Buck decided to stay in and was like, you know what? Since I'm here, I'm going to just start putting this rope on the pylon. Why couldn't he have done that on the ferry? he That's his decision. There is no reason for Skip. I mean, Skip still feel, felt guilty. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's not his fault. I don't blame it. Uh, blame him at all. But he blames himself and he gets he feels this like sense of guilt. Now, this is important to remember because later on we learn some stuff about the whole situation that that throws it off. But even so, they go to they try to some of them try to shark it off and they go to Muffy's house. And we finally now we've met Muffy earlier, but we finally meet Muffy proper. And. Uh, Muffy is, you know, playing hostess. Um, the house is really nice. It, that's the whole the idea. Location, the house is really nice. The location is gorgeous. I want to live on this this island. Yeah, the, I mean, they do a good job. There's one shot when they're establishing the house where you see a, like a mountain in the distance, and I'm like, I don't know if this is really on an island, but I mean, I like the idea that they're isolated. And you know, the, they really lean into the idea that this is like a closed circle mystery. The fairy won't be back for a while. Clearly, someone's got the setup to kill people. And they even, one of them even references Agatha Christie. So I made an early on joke that says, isn't this just the premise to, and then there were none. It's basically that. Yeah, it's okay. Kind of, kind <laughs> of, let's be honest here. Kind of, big kind of. Big kind of. Um. Uh. I mean, I don't know how much you want to like. Reveal yet. You but, delve into this, but. but um, so for right now. That my first, it, it is that kind of sort of situation for this film. It's that's right, Gracie. That it's going to be similar to "And Then There Were None" by Agatha Christie, where each person is. So, for those who don't know, um, Agatha Christie is a mystery writer, and she wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to 
I'm gonna, you know gonna, I appreciate you you giving this for the uninitiated out there. Thank you. Agatha Christie is a mystery writer from like, I want to say 20s, 30s, 40s. I don't know. Uh, long time period. And what her most, I want to say her most famous book, but it's one of her most famous books. It's called And Then There Were None. Uh, originally called Ten Little Indians, but then she said, eh, that's kind of not kosher. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Go figure. So she, it was called And Then There Were None. And this is actually a basis for a lot of mystery plots where multiple people are brought to a, uh, like a mansion or a secluded location. And then each person is killed off one by one. And we're not sure who the killer is. And the plot here is very similar. Uh, A lot of people come to this island and, which is funny because, and then there were none. They were, it's 10 people that are brought to this island. Mm-hmm. Uh, so usually it's a location, a la Clue or something like that. But with this one, it's actually, it's a legitimate island. Right. Um, for both, and then there were none and April Fool's Day. Um, and then each person is killed off. And then it turns out it's at the end that we reveal who the killer is. And then in this case, it's a, it's a, it's definitely a twist. Let's put it that way. Well, either way, they're all here to have a good time. They're clearly leaning on the prank thing still, because even at dinner, there's more pranks that happen. And they all talk about it being rich and privileged. Uh, one of the reveals is that Rob was, uh, he was going to be, uh, he's, he's he a med, was, is he going on to medical school? So they're, um, they, so Muffy is saying that she's about to turn 21. Uh-huh. In, next month, or? Yes, and, and this is her. Inheritance. Inheritance. Part, like, part this house her- is going to be part of her inheritance someday. I'm going to safely assume the rest of the students, or not students, the rest of her guests are at the age of 20, 21 years old. They're they're all around the same age, I think. About to graduate. Yeah, they're all in college together. They all kind of establish how they've met. Um, And they're all... Kind of strangers to each other. Well, some of them are. Sort of. Some of them don't know each other, but they all are mutual friends of Muffy. Yes. Like, no one knew Hal, really, until he got there. Uh, and obviously people thought, people think Skip is, like, Skip introduces himself as Muffy's cousin. Yes. So he's part of the same family. And I'm, again, I'm surprised I'm remembering all these names now. Some of them I didn't remember, but we have Abby's notes to thank for that. Thank you, Abyssmi. You're an amazing babysitter right now. Uh, but. Sade would be absolutely proud of you right now. So, so, uh, Kit is, uh, Kit is, like, encouraging, but Rob is kind of sore about the fact that his uh, counselor said like, well, the grades show up, but you don't really have the ambition to be like in the medical field. That's a shitty counselor. Rob is clearly very sore about that. And he's not frustrated. Now it's interesting okay. because like, well, we, uh, well, we so, set up, hold on, hold well, on. Okay. The, what his counselor says is, is you're not serious. enough. You're not serious enough. Thank you. That's clearly something that gets to Rob. And the interesting thing is, I don't know if we knew necessarily that these two were going to be like the finals in this story, but as I look back on it retrospectively, it does make sense. Yes. It, it makes sense because they're kind of... They're the, the only characters that have any real strife going on. Well, not really. Well, they're the straight men in the situation. For yeah, the they're, the, they're the least prankstery of yes. the rest of the group. Well, no, well, not the least prankstery, but like Nan, they all have definite personalities. These two are like the straight men that don't have any... You're right, straight men that don't have any strife personalities. I mean, they have strife with what's going on with themselves, but they're not like, um, 
uh, whatever. And there, there's there's some stuff that gets established. Like Skip, he's off doing some shit. He's drinking. Strife. He's is- drinking fucking Bacardi out of a bottle while howling at the moon. <laughs> Did I just call him Strife? Strife. Strife. You're like the last of the Green Bay puppet bucket kickers. You're reading the book and you're just like the newspaper and you just look up. Strife. Ugh. Skip. So Skip is right now, kind of right now, being like, I am so miserable because I think I might have like hurt Buck because of my prank. And he's freaking himself to like. Yeah, so he's, he's out somewhere else. Uh, to be fair, Muffy makes a toast about the friendship she's made with all her friends. They go to drink the bubbly she's giving them and it's something gross. So they all spit it out. And it's another April Fool's prank to step further establishing her. And actually all over the house, there's all these pranks with like doorknobs that pop off, faucets that squirt hot water. A la- there's a really funny scene but- with Rob and Kit where there's like a lamp that they try to turn off and it switches another lamp on. And they turn that lamp and switches another lamp on. And you know, you can say it all seems very good natured, at least so, at first. I don't know why, but for some reason, 80s movies, everybody needs to sleep in their underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, okay. that those tidy whities are not doing Rob any favors. No, but here's the funny part. So there was a, not the funny part, but here's something interesting. So I'm looking at Muffy and I'm like, Muffy looks so familiar and I couldn't figure out for the life of me. And um, thank you to Abysme for looking up and it was Deborah Foreman. I'm like, oh wait, she was from Valley Girl, which I had seen uh, a long time ago, or actually I've seen quite a bit oh my god for so, sure for sure she's the valley girl so and she's the, no cure okay so she's the lead of valley girl which also has nicholas cage in it and oh fuck that's right yeah so uh my sister and i have both watched this film nick uh valley girl and we ha- make jokes about it all the fucking time it's a movie we watch quite a few times um, so like one of the jokes that we have with Valley Girl, I feel like I should do a review on Valley Girl at some point. <laughs> Cause uh, uh, my sister and I, if we got into a review about Valley Girl, the shit we would say. About I'll everything. pay money. I'll pay money. Cause to listen to you two talk about I'm Valley going, Girl. I'm going to go, going to go on a tangent here about okay, Valley Girl go for ahead. a sec. You're so, allowed for a split second. So the beginning. Time's of, up. No, I'm shut kidding. up. I'm kidding. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> So Valley Girl opens up in a mall, which happens to be at Delamo Mall, which is the mall that my sister and I grew up with. That was actually the mall that I had my first job at. Oh, yeah. It's so it's like, whoa, this is kind of trippy. And then Nicolas Cage shows up and it's baby Nicolas Cage. Baby Nicolas Cage. Baby Nicolas Cage. Okay. And the whole thing is a relationship between him and Deborah Foreman, but Deborah Foreman is a valley girl, rich girl, with very hippie parents for some weird reason. Uh-huh. But here's another weird thing, too. Her One of her best friends is played by E.G. Daly, who- Oh, no way. Yeah. E.G. Daly, it, for those who don't know, is the voice of Tommy Pickles, but she's also- A baby's gotta do what a baby's gotta do. And- you see her boobs in it. You see, you see Tommy Pickles. <laughs> you see. T- <laughs> I'm going to hell. <laughs> listen, 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 listen. I, I'm, I'm all good with seeing E.G. Daly's boobs. Tommy- That's fine. Please never refer to them as Tommy Pickles' boobs I, ever again. I'm so sorry. Please. You gave me, like, like you sent a shock through my system 
<laughs> so strong. I almost sobered up completely. <laughs> it's like, whoa, I just lost all my alcohol. <laughs> like, like it all retreated into me. Okay. My let's... PCA, my, what, my, what is it? Alcohol contact? It co- alcohol. My blood alcohol level just like dropped significantly <laughs> because, okay. Thank you for the sobering image. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about, let's talk about. Yes. Um, April Fool's. Okay. Week. So all this shit happens. They all go off their separate ways. There's pranks that happen when they go to individual rooms. Uh, Muffy teases Arch. Arch doesn't do a thing. But he then- pops his collar a fucking shit ton. <laughs> and then we get our first kill with Skip, who has been away. He he goes to like- Hold on, hold on. Before no. we get to- No, no, no. We have back- to keep moving. No, I'm going to back up for a second because there are pranks that are actually kind of dark. Because Oh, right- thank you. Okay, yeah. The dark pranks. Okay. Because Hal gets a prank where it shows like he sees news clippings on a closet that says murders in a fog or people disappear in a fog. People die in a fiery yes. car wreck. Like, yeah, I forgot. Those are all in drawers in his room. And then um, Nan hears a baby crying on a tape recorder in her closet. And you realize later on, oh, these are all very. One of them finds like a dog collar I think was that Nikki? Like yes. Nikki finds a dog collar in her like room. Uh, what, uh, what Chaz finds like stuff to like do heroin. Yes. In his like or like the paraphernalia to do heroin in his like medicine cabinet. It's kind of fucked up. Yes. And clearly someone is like knows them and is leaving these things as like these are like your sins laid out before you or something that only they would know. Although it is really funny when like Chaz is locked out of he, he goes to try and score with with Muffy. Muffy rejects him. He goes to a different room. That doesn't work. He goes into another pops room, his, opens hold the on, door. Hold on, hold no, 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 wait. Wait, wait, pause. He pops his collar. He goes to he he before he tries to hit on Muffy. Muffy says no. Pops his collar. Tries to open a door. Doors doesn't open. Or, pops his collar. Pops his collar. He goes into he opens another door. Um Chaz and Nikki are having sex. In the weirdest way, it's possible. a it's a hilarious position, like that feels almost tantric, but you don't see anything, and they don't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit. He just closes the door and leaves. They just pops carry his on. Collar. Like, pops his collar. <laughs> Again, we will die of alcohol poisoning for how much this man pops his fucking suspender adjacent collar because he's got these patterns on his shirt that look like a j- suspenders, and then he finally just goes to his own fucking room. Uh, Chaz and Nikki continue to do their thing. But let's get to Skip. So Skip goes down. He's 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 got the switchblade that they used for the prank. Yes. He goes down to the boathouse to I don't know smoke. What? Oh, is that is that weed? Oh my! Uh, oh, dude, at this, don't do this drunk. Doesn't look like weed. At this point, I don't think he really fucking cares. He'll smoke anything. Oh, what is that? A blade of grass? Smoke that. I'm gonna get more. What is that? A dead raccoon? Smoke that. Hold on, I'm gonna get more booze. Get more booze. Yeah. Should we pause? Um, I, I mean, Playboy about to smoke a fur. <laughs> <laughs> so Skip goes into the boathouse and it gets to the obvious, like, he's going to die because he's in the dark. He's alone. They try to legitimately pull a cat seer on us when clearly from off screen, someone throws a fucking cat at him I in mean, the dark. I think it's the assumption the cat, like... Yeah, but it's it's so obvious that someone just picked up a cat and threw it at him that I almost think it was a legit, like, knowing what we know now, someone picked up a cat and threw it at him to throw him off. 
And then someone grabs him and pulls him off screen and we never see Skip again. I will say I was trying to get uh, fill up another drink, another dark and stormy during this point. So I was half in, half out. Yeah, well, anyway, Skip gets pulled off camera and we and there's dramatic music sting. The next day, they're all out. They're like, hey, has anybody seen Skip? And they're like, I don't know. And then they like play soccer out in the yard or some bullshit. Nan's trying to do work, but she sees uh, Muffy going off to some side house. And she's clearly mad at Muffy about the tape recorder. So she goes out to confront her. Meanwhile, uh, Nikki, no, not Nikki, Kat. Kit. Kit. Fuck. Kit and um, Rob are at the dock. I guess they went swimming because Rob doesn't have a shirt on for some reason. And they're talking about how, are you mad at me for last night? He's like, I just, I just don't know if I'm ever going to go over. I might be a TV repairman. She's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Clearly, she doesn't give a shit what he is. She's into him. So uh, they they go to fuck in the boathouse. Pause. Or, well, you can keep talking. I have to go to the bathroom. Okay, that's fine. You do that. I'll keep talking. <clears throat> so they go to fuck in the boathouse. And again, I was expecting to be some titty. No titty. This movie is surprisingly um, high class, considering that they had every opportunity. There's even a scene earlier where Nikki, like, leans out a window and she's got an open shirt and and she's just in her like shirt and panties and the shirt's open and there's any moment she could be stretching and and some some, some titty can be seen no titty and Hal's out there doing some fucking arm bar work with like um exercise equipment that he just hand exercise equipment and he looks over and says good morning and she immediately is like ah and she covers up and ducks back in but again no titty so I'm sitting here going, is, is this an Adrian Slasher movie or what? This this movie subverts so many expectations and it's kind of refreshing because uh, what's nice is that they go into the boathouse, Nikki, or no, Nikki, Kat and Rob go into the boathouse and they're gonna, and she throws a towel down, grabs a scratch, they start to go at it. And as they're doing it, uh, Kat looks, or Kit looks down and she sees the corpse, or presumably the corpse of Skip float past on a boat. He looks dead. She freaks out. They go looking for him, and she's like, they think it's a prank from Skip. Honestly, that's, that's Skip a is. cool freaking scene. Oh, no, it was a really good scene. I thought it was really neat. I was laughing, but it was a really good reveal. It felt very on point for this kind of genre. And they go looking for him, but they can't find him. So they're like, what the fuck, dude? And they all go out into different directions looking for him. And by the way... We see we saw Muffy a little earlier. Her head, her hair's bedraggled. She's very she's acting very differently. She seems a little unhinged. And I had earlier said, "Oh fuck, though so she's probably the killer because she's luring everyone out to this island." But that felt too obvious. So I'm I'm like in the back of my head, I'm like, "There's going to be another twist somewhere." So uh, later on, they their searching doesn't yield much. Is it Chat? No, it's not Chaz. It's Arch. Arch goes out into the woods, right? Yes. And he's got a big stick to hit stuff with. Yes. And there's a snake. <clears throat> yeah, there's this big tease with a snake. Honestly, he almost gets bit by a snake. And honestly, gets... that snake, if I would have seen that snake, I would have been like, fuck this. Nope. He didn't see the snake, though. No, he, he didn't. He gets caught in a snare trap instead. But that I saw that snake and I was like, nope, fuck this. And I would. Yeah. And the snake almost bites him. But then someone clears the snake aside. We don't see who they are. And he looks shocked. And then we cut away. So far, um, we haven't seen anyone die on camera. They don't know where Arch is. Uh, a little before this, uh, Nan confronts Muffy in the side house about 
how did you know about this? She seems really upset about the baby tape. We don't know what exactly what's about, but me and Kayla were thinking, oh, it's probably either like a baby that was given away or it was an abortion or something. It actually gets revealed. Well, <laughs> it gets, God, the ending just changes everything. Mm-hmm. But it gets revealed before the ending, it gets revealed that it was an abortion. I'm like, oh my God. Whoa. Well, knowing what we know with the ending, it makes the planks, pranks especially mean-spirited. Yes. But we see Nan go out, sit by a Buddha statue, be all sad. And then we cut away from her. The water in the house isn't working. Like what looks like blood is coming out of one of the faucets, right? I thought it was just brown shit. But... It looked like brown shit. To me, it looked like blood. Okay. I don't know. It could be anything. So they're like, well, we're going to need fresh water. So, uh, go to the well. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's Nikki, right? Nikki, Nikki, and oh. Nikki and how yes. Go out to the well. There's a well on property and they try to put the bucket in there, but the bucket falls off and she tries to for drop the, you look down with a flashlight. She drops the flashlight. So Nikki goes into the well. There's like rungs on the side. She falls in a couple of severed heads, Bob, to the surface in the well. It's arch and skip. And then while she's flailing, trying to get out of the well, and Hal's trying to get down there to reach her, another body bobs to the surface, and it's Nan. And I didn't realize it was Nan. I will say the one thing that I don't like about this film is all the deaths happen off screen, and I hate that. I want to look. I'm someone when I watch a horror movie or something like this, I want to see a death on screen. True, but again, with the the way the ending is, it makes sense in context. Yes. Seems to be a corpse floats to the surface with a big slash on the throat. She's clearly been killed. They all freak out. Finally, someone gets them out of the well because we cut to them later in the house and they're all bedraggled. Everybody's freaking out. They're trying to get through. That to is the actually a genuinely good scare because I did not explore because we saw the heads of these two men that were like, oh shit. I we knew they had died. But then when Nan appeared, we're like, oh shit, she died. Yeah, that was shocking to me too. Yeah. So. And again, we'll talk about this in context when we get to the ending, because I have some questions here. But um, so they're trying to get the constable. They can't reach the constable. Uh, they try it for a bit. Muffy is still acting really weird, which is, yes. of course, getting everybody on edge. I will say that I noticed uh, that Muffy's personality in the evening was very different from Muffy's personality in the morning. Yeah. Well, she looked all bedraggled. And I, I even said, oh, this is probably her first kill. Yes. So she's leaning into it. So... Um, so they are all told when they, they're all, they all don't know what to do. Uh, they don't know what happened to Nan. They don't know what happened to the others, but they, they know they need to get out of there. Um, am I forgetting something? Um, because eventually the sheriff does get back in touch with them, with the constable and tells them that, oh, cause they, they think it might be Buck. Oh, uh, I will say, so Nan, before she dies, we see her cry and it's crying next to a Buddha. Yeah, I mentioned that. There's a Buddha statue. Okay. There's a Buddha statue, which I thought was really funny. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so they think it might be Buck because so Buck would want there, revenge. There is a point where like um, Muffy gives her water and uh, Nikki freaks out. She's like, don't worry, it's Perrier. I'm like, you've had Perrier this whole <laughs> yeah. fucking time? So they have water. That's not a big deal. But then fucking... Um, uh, they 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 get a, finally get a call back from the constable. He says, "No, I've been here with Buck all day." Oh yeah, because they thought it was Buck. Like they were oh. thinking it might be Buck, because Buck is the only one who would want revenge on them for having fucking punched his fucking eye out because of their pranks. Yes. 
so they thought, oh, Buck must be the one killing all this. And they're like, no, we, uh, the, the constable was, or not constable. The constable. Yeah, well, we'll call him the constable. Yeah. That's what they refer to him. He's been with them all day. So the, the, he's in the hospital. So they're, they don't can rule him out. So now they know it's probably one of them that's doing the killing. So he tells them, according to what Rob says on the phone, he tells them all they have to stick together and, and not leave until he sends up a flare to let them know that he's coming to the dock to pick them up. Well, there's a point where I think it's um, Kit who looks around and she sees a picture of two like young people. Oh, because they're trying to secure all the doors and windows yes. just in case there's another prowler. And she sees two young people in a picture and we're like, oh, shit, it's twins. It's cool. So then we're immediately like, oh, OK, there's an evil twin involved. Yeah. Muffy has an evil twin. And because, uh, yeah, so, and Muffy is still acting really weird, so it seems like a complete heel turn. So now, of course, we're considering that. They, they're they they're all debating sticking together, but Muffy makes it clear that she doesn't want to. It's her house. She can do what she wants. She'll see leaves. They all start talking about all the weird, mean-spirited, like, hints of stuff they find in their rooms. Yeah, they think they're- Like the, the notes about the, the car accident. And, and I whatnot. think they're thinking, like, oh, must be Muffy, maybe. Like, it's a revenge thing, because Muffy would know them that way. Yes. So because they're all so frustrated, they all end up being really stupid. They all split up and go different directions. <laughs> I think there's a point where they're like earlier on, it's like, wait, we should split up. And then we're, and I'm like, I think this movie's kind of self-aware. No, the movie, the, the, the thing that's so great about the ending of this movie, it reveals how self-aware. Yes, it is, does. Which is so good. This movie subsur- subverted so many of my expectations. And I know we've been withholding a lot. But that's because you're now on this journey with us if you come this far and haven't watched the movie. You fools, go watch it. So they... Uh, oh, we get to like uh, Chaz and Nikki. Like Chaz is joking with... Isn't like Chaz joking with her and Nikki's like, fuck, I'm getting out of here and she's packing up. And there's some weird shots. Oh, yeah. I don't know why there's like a weird shot of like where you don't see their faces while she's packing, but it's there. And I'm yeah, like, there's, I, just, there's some artistic choices. We completely, I, we completely skipped over the uh, the cat eye clock behind the painting. Oh, that's right. Because there's another prank that happens later where you see that you know there's a classic haunted house trope of the um, cat eyes, the cat, the eyes behind the painting that watch you move. So, but they're moving back and forth. So they move the painting off the wall, which has the eyes cut in it, and there's just one of those those cat eye clocks. But that's important because that painting with the eye holes cut in it comes in later. Yes. So I just want to, I just wanted to bring that up. So they are all kind of off doing their thing, checking rooms, making sure um, Nikki and Chaz are having an argument. Chaz is still trying to kind of like calm Nikki down. So he's trying to be all like sexy and shit, which is super ridiculous. He's wearing like fucking S&M, like a, uh, uh, it's like a mask. But but there's a term for it. Bring out the god of yeah. Clearly, it cracks her up, but she leaves. And he's oh like, Nikki, no, Nikki, no, come back. No, what's it's a gimp mask. Yes, gimp. Thank you, Abysmi. You're amazing. Thank you. It's a gimp mask. He wears two gimp masks. Actually, two different gimp masks. And so uh, uh, then it gets hint- hinted that um, uh, Chaz has been killed. Yeah, because again, everything happens off screen. So you kind of see the anticipation, but you don't see it actually happen. And then Nikki so comes back. So we were at this point, we were like, what the fuck, dude? You know, so. Nikki comes back 
And she's like, oh, come on, Chaz. He's got his hands like folded over his crotch. Yeah. And she's like, you're just being silly. And then when she opens his hands, it shows that he was stabbed in the dick. And I'm like, oh, shit. And then, of course, as that happens, the door opens behind her and then we cut away. Yes. Uh, to now, now we only have Chaz, or no, not Chaz. Not Chaz. We only have Rob and and Kit. and Kit left, and they don't know what to. Oh no, Hal was like hanging out on the stairs, but he heard some stuff, so he decides to go upstairs and he disappears. Because later they discover he, it looks like he hanged himself, but it probably was done by a killer. Oh yeah, because like what happens after that is they're going through the house trying to find people. They they only see blood dripping from the match. Oh no, they find the they find the dolls in the attic. Yes. And two of the two of the dolls are just because um, there was a thing about a doll that they had on the table at dinner. And then they find some dolls in the attic, which might represent all of them. Uh, there's a bowl of water that has uh, one of the dolls that's representing um, Nan. Nan. And then the two dolls representing Arch, Arch and Skip. They're just their heads are floating in it. So they think that. And then there's two do- bloody dolls that represent uh, Nikki and Chaz that are lying on a thing. So they they go to find them because their door is locked. And sure, actually, I remember this. Nan try doesn't Nan try to leave a room, but the doorknob pops off. Yes, it does. That's right. Because just like earlier, there's some there's some good foreshadowing in this movie. Not some good checkoff. Not prank. Nan pulls it off. I think it's no, it's Nan because or not Nan. No, it's not Nan. It's Nikki. Yes. Okay. Nikki. So Nikki pulls it off because Nikki's one of the only ones left at this yeah. point. But then she gets killed off, and then. Uh, so it's now it's just and oh, while they're up in the attic, they see the flare from the distance. They see yeah. the flare out in the distance. They're like, we got to go find the boat. So they go looking for the others. They presumably see the corpses of um, Chaz and Nikki on the bed. You don't see them on camera, but you see the blood dripping down the covers. They freak out. They run. They go to another room. They find Hal's body hanging from a noose. And they freak out. And then they said, fuck this. We're going to escape. They go in a boat. And they, they go, yeah, they run down to the boathouse, right? Yeah, and they just say, fuck this, we're going on a, we're gonna, like, hop. I guess they're thinking of, like, trying to leave on a boat, but they're, they can't find the keys. But It is hinted <laughs> at that the keys are in the kitchen. Now, this felt, yeah, they hinted at this earlier because, oh, this, this movie is so good. So, and I, I wasn't expecting this. So, the, in the boat, they find a fucking envelope with a note about a, someone who is called uh, Miss St. John, who escaped from a mental institution? Yes. Well, although I find and, this, and it no, felt no. really. You were you were saying this too. It felt really weirdly out of place. Well, why would you put it on a fucking boat? Like, oh, Miss uh, Miss Saint John was in a, uh, an asylum. They're like, why would she in asylum? That's so weird. And they go back, and we're like, oh, it's the evil twin. It's the evil twin. Holy shit. Look, I've seen so many movies where they've done this, where it's like, oh, it turns out to be an evil twin. Ha ha ha. Same with uh, books and shit. So uh, they go up back to the kitchen and there's the way they have to go back into the house is they go through the basement, which is nicely. It's nice that they hinted at this earlier on. You do see, I think it's Muffy. Yes, it's Muffy who leaves the basement window open. And then they decide to enter through the basement window and they look at the um, on the wall. They see like, I believe it's like height. So when you're a kid and they parents will measure your height, they measure. It looks like the height measurements of Muffy. 
and apparently a twin sister named Buffy. And we both laughed our asses off. Buffy. Muffy and Buffy? Buffy! Buffy. (laughs) Yes! Muffin Buffy! (laughs) It's a vampire slayer! (laughs) I fucking... I fucking... Yes, I knew it! I fucking knew it! They see the painting. The painting that was hiding the cat originally. The cat clock originally. And they're like, oh shit. What is this? And the eyes, and it looks like weird eyes, and then they remove the painting, and it's fucking Muffy's head. Muffy's severed head. It's Um, fucked. Sorry. Oh no, Buffy, the evil twin. God, I lost my shit so much at the Buffy thing. Yeah. Anyway, it's all been revealed. Buffy's coming to kill them because she's fucking vampire slayer bitch-ass motherfucker. Uh, (laughs) Why are we so drunk? I don't know. So they, why am I still drinking? Because I want because you want to. So we get the confrontation, right? They're like, they're the only two left. Buffy's coming to kill them. She's got the this big machete ass knife that she uses to try and pick the kitchen door. They're trying to find the key to the boat. There's a final stand in the kitchen. Um, somehow, and I kind of missed this part, Rob gets locked in a cupboard. Oh yeah. That, that was, was hilarious. Weird. That was hilarious. That was weird. Mm-hmm. And so it's a standoff between Kit and Buffy. But then during the standoff between Kit and Buffy, the reveal happens and both Dave and I were like, are you fucking kidding me? Okay, listen, this is your last chance to turn back. If you haven't, if you haven't, if you stuck with us this long and haven't seen the movie, I swear, please go watch it. Pause it now. Go see the movie. I am like kind of impressed how, how this movie subverted expectations. And maybe that's just because we were, Drinking so, while we watched it, but, and maybe you could have seen the twist coming a while away. So, but for an April Fool's movie, it's not just pranking the the people in it; it's pranking the audience because so, it expects you to try and think about. So, Abismi and I, uh, after this, we both were like, "I'm not sure if we're mad about this or impressed." Uh, like, I was impressed. Yeah, <laughs> I was impressed, but also kind of mad because you can hear me say, "Go, go suck a dick." <laughs> Go suck you were you were mad. Oh, f- off, off! So hardcore. Are you kidding? This movie. Are you kidding me? This movie's so hardcore. Get with a soft. Are ah. you f- kidding me? Unless this is just some sort of insane no. vision. No bullshit. Bullshit. Are you f- kidding me? This movie can suck a. D- Are you serious? Are you? Whoa, really? Guess what? The whole entire thing was the prank. No, no, not just the whole entire thing. No, the entire thing. So everyone is alive. Yeah, everyone's a fucking lie. When fucking fucking Nan opens the door, no, not Nan. No, no, no. It is Nan. No, it's Kit. (laughs) Kit. No, Kit. Yes, Kit. So Kit opens the doors after dodging Muffy's knife. Yeah, Buffy's. Muffy slash Buffy. Well, they, I'm look. I'm about to give the review. Okay, anyway. go, 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 go. They go. open the doors. I'm letting you reveal. They look into the room. Every single person is alive, and everyone is there. Like everyone is there, including the ferry captain. Everybody's still alive, and they all just kind of chill. And while Kit is there having an existential crisis, they all turn and she goes, "Oh, fucking!" And they all go, "April Fools!" And I 
ever and both David and I, probably Abysme, who's who was watching this on silence, was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Oh my god, lost my shit. That was so good. Um, yeah, this whole thing was a a horrible. If you think about it, a horrible thing to pull on someone. Yes, a very horrible, elaborate, well thought out April Fool's prank that apparently, according to Muffy, as she explains it later, she had to make other people think they were like going to be killed off before she revealed the prank to them. So then they were in on it. So they also went along with it. I don't know how she bothered to get or how she managed to get facsimile severed heads and corpses of the people that were involved. But somehow she did that. I don't know. She has a lot of money. Maybe she made it work. Maybe she went to a prop shop or something. I don't fucking know. All I know is that she made this work and everybody was okay to go along with this so they could fucking traumatize Kit and Rob. And by the way, Rob is in the pantry freaking out. Because Buck walks up to him with the fucking eye hanging out, takes his prosthetic off, slaps it on Rob, and Rob is still freaking out. And 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 Buck is all like, ha ha ha. They let him out. He runs into the other room, finds, finds Kit, who's like, oh my God, I can't believe I went through this. These people went through psychological torture. The funny part is- Wow. So I know that in this episode, or in Jameson's tapes, you're supposed to find a- Spider room moment? A spider room moment. And we're like, okay, I wonder what the spider room moment is. The fucking twist is the spider room moment. And you know, it it earned it. It earned the twist. It earned the twist. I'm not going to lie- I thought this was great. <laughs> I'm angry, but I'm also <laughs> I'm also impressed because I did not see this twist coming. Both David and I were like, "Oh, it must be a an evil twin or whatever." But then they they fucked us over too, which is great. This movie is so goddamn smart. And maybe I'm only saying that because I'm drunk well, right now, but well, I don't give a shit. I thought it was fun. Maybe you should drink while watching this, because maybe- You you know what? That might make it better. I'm going to drink more, actually. Well, I remember you said, well, what if this whole thing is like an escape room? But then Muffy- (sighs) That's- Yeah, sorry. You're drinking while you're saying this. While I'm saying this. But Muffy reveals that she's about to inherit this in a month, and she wants to do something interesting with this- um, She she somehow has to prove to her parents that she's worthy of it, this inheritance, to take over this estate. And that she can do something practical and financial with it. So she's going to turn it into a Agatha Christie style murder mystery bed and breakfast. By the way, I would totally go to. Oh, yeah. You kidding me? Yeah. So, yeah. No, she's. I mean, I'm not kidding. Okay. There never. Furthermore, there never was an evil twin. Although it is revealed that the Buffy that's referred to is actually Skip, whose name is like Buford or. Whatever. Something stupid. Some old money bullshit. I'm just going to keep calling him Skip. Skip is actually her twin brother, not her cousin. Right. So he was the one we saw in the picture. Yes. Okay. Everybody else was not in on the prank until she quartered them. And then, <laughs> and then she brought them in on it and they all played along. So everybody is still alive. So this is a movie that has a body count that also doesn't have a body count. I kind of love that, admittedly. The whole thing is one giant fucking prank. And then Muppy is like, yeah, I'm planning to make this a whole murder mystery kind of bed and breakfast. 
And then they're like, yeah, let's celebrate with champagne. And I think there's a point where Chaz is like taking Muffy's head. That like the prop Muffy head that they had earlier. And then like ha- pretending that she's sucking his dick or something like that. And everyone's that. okay. They like, they're like pouring champagne into the mouths of the prop severed heads. Like this is... Here, everybody involved is surprisingly forgiving about the psychological trauma that is endured, which is hilarious. But we find oh, wonders, yeah, right. Go ahead. There's a double twist. Uh oh. Uh oh. Muffy is drunk on champagne, like we are on dark and stormy. <laughs> and she goes back to her room and sees a present. Oh no! She opens the present. It's, it's- a jack in a box. Oh, yep. Flashbacks to that earlier scene. And she starts to wind it up. And then someone slashes her throat, but it's an April Fool's joke. I think it's Nan. It's either Nan or Kit. We can't figure it out. I think it's it's basically one last prank of April Fool's motherfucker. Because it's just a, a prop knife with a blood packet attached to it. And then it was Nan. That's right. Okay, it was Nan. Yeah. Oh, because that's right, right, right. So Abysme pointed out. She was in acting school with Muffy. They were in a play right. together. Oh my God, that's right. Because, yeah, okay. Yeah, she yeah, talked yeah. about them being in a play called Ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> in a play called Ghosts. And and the final shot is the, the Jack in the Box winking at the camera. This is a horror movie where no one dies. Oh, I'm. I think the most bumfuck wild thing is that the, the Jack in the Box actually winks at the camera. <laughs> to be honest, okay. All this aside, I kind of love that this is a horror movie with no real body count. Yes, yes. This is actually really fun. Yes. This is a really fun movie. And I went into this with zero expectations. I came out of it actually really loving it. And I'd recommend it to people who have never seen it before. That's why I was so keen about the spoilers earlier. This was so much fun. Now, apparently, this was also produced by uh, a producer who's worked on several other horror movies, including... Uh, maybe parts, I think it's like parts four and five of Friday the 13th, if I recall. Hold on, I'm going to look this up. I'll pull up the, the description again, real quick. This is, oh my God. I love the fact that this, okay, so the director is Fred Walton. Fred Walton, okay. So he did um, April Fool's Day, but also did When a Stranger Calls, as well oh. as I, uh, The Stepford Husband's. The Stepford Husbands. Okay, that's much I'm, later. I'm so drunk. What the fuck? <laughs> how do you deal with this? Um, Alan, abysme. I don't know how you do this, but I'm. I respect you both immensely for what you do right now, and for what it's worth, me and Kayla have had a very good time. I mean, maybe I can only speak for me, but I had a very good time doing this. I had a good time. We were both total lightweights. I completely recognize that. We still had a good time. I'm so glad we watched this movie. I will forever have a fond appreciation for this movie for being a movie with a body count that also has no body count i love you alan and abysme you are the most beautiful people. thank you so much for letting us be a part of the jameson tapes oh wait we have to figure out a fucking oh animal. okay yeah yeah uh we do have to invent a drink this so what what was your spy is our spider room moment just the fucking reveal at the end because that feels so obvious yeah that's probably the- it has to be because because this whole movie is a setup for that right yes okay so we have to come up with a drink now called the April Fools. What well, would we do for an April Fools? It has to be a cocktail. Okay. It has to surprise you at the end somehow. Be, and I'm looking at, so. I'm, I want a, a disclaimer for anybody listening. Kayla and I are not mixologists. 
we do not have the same familiarity with alcoholic beverages that Abby and Alan do. And that's okay because we still enjoy it and we often go to them for recommendations for things, but we are not in the same bracket. So we're so, going to have to come up with something. So I luckily Google is an amazing best friend. So so let, let's think uh, about it this way. This movie is an experience. We we think go about it all thinking one thing and then it completely blindsides us at the end with something. So I feel like we need to have something that is feels so, familiar, but then has a twist at the end. So I will say, so I was looking up upscale drinks, and I saw something called Last Word, which is a very fitting. That's true, because everybody in here, okay, because I, I mentioned earlier, there's no comeuppance for everybody. Anybody in this movie have all the money. If anything, the lesson you take away from this is uh, people who are rich fucks are still rich fucks and are assholes, not just to people who are not rich fucks, but to each other. So, Fucking eat the rich. Fucking late stage capitalism is garbage. Fuck the rich. So, uh, last word, uh, the ingredients for that includes gin, maraschino liqueur, uh, chartreuse liqueur, and lime juice. You know, that actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, it actually does. How do we change that to make it Okay. Uh, into something so else? So, it needs to have a weird-ass twist, like the, oh my god, what the fuck? What is something that's like an every man's kind of drink? Um, because um, everybody appreciates a prank, right? This yeah. is prank, bro. Yeah. Uh, you splash in something like that's a cheap ass drink. I'm trying to look up a prank cocktail. <laughs> uh, fucking put in like balls or something. I don't know. Put in balls? You just put your dick into it? No, I mean like fucking like the oh, drink, like the, oh, the, okay. the soda drink. Like God put balls in there. So, because uh, I gotta let God bless Google for this. God bless, God bless Google. So they said, pop in an egg, some salt and some pepper in rocks, glass full of gin, and bang, you have a prairie chicken. Prairie chicken? So I think there should be something like a twist that's like, oh, that's very- Well, keep in mind, this is supposed to be like, you're, you're expecting something hard and something visceral, and then you end up getting realizing the whole thing was just an elaborate mix. So what if there's, what if you place one of the ingredients with something non-alcoholic? Okay. Thank you, Google. So there's something called a gag reflex. So you mix it. (laughs) It's a wild twist on a Blood Mary. Bloody Mary. Thank you. Uh, Beer, vodka, and tomato juice. And then you add a drop of hot sauce and raw egg. I think that's what you do. Is that. that But but someone's already come up with that. So So no, 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 no. Add the last word, which is the gin chartreuse. What was it? Chartreuse. Chartreuse. Wait, no, chartreuse is a color. (laughs) Liqueur and the maraschino liqueur. Uh, And then throw in the hot sauce. (laughs) And the egg. And then the the raw egg. (laughs) God, I feel like I'm, I feel like you're trying to chase away the high that you just built up from drinking. And then suddenly making it like a pseudo prairie oyster. You know what? What if you made it like a hot sauce? Add a hot sauce to it. The garnish with fucking Tabasco. What do, we, do we call this the April Fools? Yeah, we call this the April Fools. You serve April it to your Fools, friends. Motherfucker. Serve it to your friends and watch them first enjoy no, no, it. Call it the middle finger. The middle finger. There it is. They call it the body count with no body count. So it's this. It, it the last word. What's <laughs> that fucking drink again? Mm. Hold up. Are we oh. too inebriated to do this? Yes, we are. But and I don't. My know. face feels numb. Mine does too. Oh my god. 
I'm putting it. We've had like what three, four? I don't three, know. Three. I don't want to say how much we've had because people are gonna realize how fucking shit we are in this. I don't know how Abby preferred. Not Abby. <laughs> I'm going to hell. I am going to hell. <laughs> God damn it! And I still have my contacts in. <laughs> Why am I going? Oh my god! Hold on, hold on. Oh, okay. okay. I need to look up the last word. So, gin, maraschino liqueur, chartreuse liqueur, and lime juice, but then throw in hot sauce. That's our own addition to it, right? Yes, hot. Yeah, there's a dash of hot sauce. There's a smidge, so you don't know it's coming, but then you taste it, and you're like, oh, April Fool's motherfucker! April Fool's motherfucker! <laughs> I think this is a fun movie to watch. Oh, yeah. This was great. Oh, man. Okay. Well, we came up with the drink. I think the onus is now off of us. I think we can leave this podcast with full minds and open hearts and uh, completely inebriated stomachs. Oh, my God. I, Abby, Abby and Alan, I love you. But holy shit. I don't know how you do um, this. All I can say is if you, if you listen to all this without watching this movie, um, I'm so sorry. But also not really, because you chose to keep listening. Hopefully you'll still enjoy the movie when you watch it, because us explaining it doesn't know justice. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I had a great time. I'm so glad we got to be a part of this podcast for April Fool's Day. Please stay tuned, because releasing on the same day will be the Alley... The Alley... <laughs> oh, no! That's, that's your ship name. The Alley episode of uh, so Undercooked Analysis. Abysme and Alan is... Uh, Abysme That's your ship name. It's Alley. Abysme and Alan's <laughs> ship name is Alley. Uh, so Congratulations. Good. You have yes. a ship name. Yay. <laughs> wow, we are so drunk. Ow. <laughs> okay, we, we've gone too far. Yes, we I, did. Thank oh you all. Thank, okay, I'm going to try. Okay, do it, Dad. Thank you all so much for listening to the Jameson Tapes and for your support. We hope you enjoyed this April Fool's episode. Good night, and God bless. April Fool's, motherfuckers! The Jameson Tapes is hosted and created by Alan Chaney and Abysme. If you have a movie suggestion for the podcast, please leave a comment, message us on the Creative Horror Discord, or tweet at Creative Horror with the hashtag Jameson Tapes. Creative Horror is a network of creators working together to build a constructive community of horror fans. Please visit us at creativehorror.com. <laughs> <laughs>